Welcome to True Nature Radio. I'm Lori Regan, and I'm very happy to introduce today's guest, Dr. Roger Batchelor. Welcome, Roger. Hi, Lori. Roger is a full-time faculty member in the School of Classical Chinese Medicine, and he has been licensed to practice acupuncture in Oregon since 1989. The topic he's talking about specifically today is trauma in times of war and peace. So, Roger, tell us how you got interested in this topic. Well, I didn't get interested. It was interested in me. Hmm. Our work, our deepest work, has a way of finding us. And my work was in inpatient settings, uh, ostensibly for alcohol and drug. But we realized pretty early on that we're treating basically trauma. And at that time, when I was working in throughout the 1990s, there were a lot of veterans from the Vietnam War. And their needs were primary. And I think they taught us a lot for working with veterans uh, in the current wars. And we also have to remember that um, war affects family structures. So it's not just the veterans, it's their families, it's the people around them who are facing this. And I found that using the very limited tools that I had as a human being for this huge issue, it happened to be acupuncture. And I found that the things that I had learned in school didn't really apply. And so after several years... In acupuncture school, you mean? Right. Okay. So after several years of facing this five and six days a week uh, in my work, I had to dig through and find some things that happened to be from our oldest uh, written literature on acupuncture, which is something we focused in on our program. And so I've been grateful to to find a community of scholars who um, can develop this, because I think it's so important for uh, just being a human being these days. So you say you you were working in an inpatient detox facility, is that right, or addiction yeah, facility? Yeah. Or? We called it a, a regional detox. So we had people come from several different states, and uh, we were funded for detox. By the time I left, we had uh, space dedicated in the mental health system as well. And it's a very rare uh, kind of institution that allows people to come in and take a week out of their life uh, to detoxify from uh, chemical substances, alcohol, and drug. Uh, but it becomes an umbrella for in our culture for people to just be able to stop and take time out of their life and uh, deal with the emergencies in their life, uh, both physical and other words, which are often tied up with the alcohol and drugs. But clearly, There's a lot of untreated internal conditions, uh, psychiatric conditions, and just trauma out there that these these sorts of islands, I think we need more of them. That was through Central City Concern here in Portland. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I think we need more of them uh, throughout. We need a place where people can go. You can't stay in a hospital that long. You know, you go for surgery or a lot of surgeries that you were there for a week. Now you're in and out in an afternoon. There's not many way stations for people. It's all hurry up and get back to work. And uh, when people are going through a big thing, uh, they need places like this. Yeah, so your experience, you said initially you were using the acupuncture methods that you learned in school Mm -hmm. to help people with the trauma Mm -hmm. of their experience Mm -hmm. in this place where they were having a little bit of respite and time and that those methods weren't working. Can you talk to us a little bit more about what you have found that is effective to really address 
-hmm. the underlying root of, of mm -hmm. the problems that people are experiencing in today's mm -hmm. really hectic world. Well, I think like most people coming out of any kind of medical school, we encounter diseases and conditions that hadn't been invented yet. So when I went through school, I never dreamed that I would be treating uh, a spiritual disease which is the self-definition of people uh, recovering from addictions. Uh, the language of recovery is that it's a spiritual disease. I had no thought of that. No one ever mentioned that when I went through school. And also working with uh, severe psychiatric conditions. Even today, a lot of acupuncturists, when I give a talk at conferences, uh, they ask me, gosh, can we treat patients who are on bipolar medications? Uh, treat patients who are on antipsychotic medications, will it work? Uh, does it work with their medications? Uh, are patients able to tolerate it? And my finding is that yes, uh, it definitely does. I worked with a crew of acupuncturists, and we found uh, through the literature and through our own experience and trying things, there's a lot of things just within acupuncture that directly address uh, the deepest kind and most severe type of psychiatric and psychological conundrums that lead people to um, homelessness, addiction, poverty, that there are things that can help in a very direct way. And I think the simplest thing that I uncovered was there was a lot with the heart and the heart channel and its related organs. And this wasn't a focus of the uh, type of acupuncture which we now call traditional Chinese medicine, which is kind of the mass uh, state-supported uh, type of medicine, which was essential for the delivery of traditional Chinese medicine into the current age. The massive state subsidization for decades of uh, free clinics and teaching hospitals in China. Uh, but I found that the, there was a deeper level, found only in the classical literature, uh, which focused on the heart. And uh, this is what um, one of my colleagues, Heiner Freuhoff, has talked about, the centrality of the heart in Chinese medicine, which is sort of a, a, a not uh, focused on aspect in our contemporary approaches, which often focus more on the liver channel, which is a sort of an academic uh, issue. But the human heart as the, the deepest level of mind is something that many ancient cultures have talked about, Native American Tibetan, uh, ancient Hebrew things, uh, references talked about the deepest level of the mind being not in the brain but the heart. And even the ancient Greeks, Aristotle is uh, said to have said, I think with my heart. And he was a deep thinker. So a lot of uh, Western research and focus in biomedicine on a lot of the things I was treating, severe depression, addictions, trauma, focus only on the brain. Uh, the teaching of these ancient uh, traditions is you have to look below the neck. <laughs> and I'll ask some of my friends in research, how come you only did an fMRI, which is like a, a, an MRI video, only of the brain? And they, they'll tell me, well, it costs $40,000 for 15 minutes on one person. And I think that uh, we can use things like Chinese medicine to guide research and the development of new strategies if we take a very direct uh, approach, where might a problem be? If we're seeing a treatment that works, how is it working? We had great results uh, in treating some conditions. 
not by needling points on the, on the head, but by uh, points on the body and points that were on the heart and on its organs that supported that. So I think there's a lot. Um, maybe not all of our patients get acupuncture, but we can learn from those patients what's working and how is it working to develop some new approaches. Working with patients with trauma, presumably some of these patients, the trauma happened earlier in their life and they've mm -hmm. been living with it for decades. Or maybe, it, like you said, it's a veteran who it happened in the more recent past. Can you give us an, a sense of how you would figure out what the trauma is, how to really access that level, that vulnerable level in a person that has received the trauma, and then treat what you're saying, the heart, right, to start to resolve that issue or help the person come back to wholeness. Yeah, so one of the things we found with uh, treating trauma is, uh, as a psychologist have pointed out, you don't want to re-traumatize the patient by reliving it, like tell me all about it, uh, doesn't help. A lot of veterans, uh, historically, when they come home, don't want to uh, talk about the war sort of a thing. So we found that group settings were especially healing. And most Chinese acupuncture is done in a group setting, about eight people in a room without any uh, walls or barriers between them. And we found that people who've been through a lot uh, of traumatic experiences of any type they need uh, socialization and re-socialization, but they don't want to be put on the hot seat uh, in the old type of uh, group therapy, psychological model from the 70s. That just learning how to be in a group where nobody's under attack or under pressure or really uh, going into their stuff is something that group acupuncture allows. It also is, has a huge cost savings. One acupuncturist can see 10 to 15 patients an hour very easily and we're finding that some uh, healthcare practitioners and other modalities are using a group format just to reduce costs. But I think it has huge therapeutic advantages. When we're looking at trauma, Chinese medicine gives a theory of consciousness, simply put, of how life experience moves through the body. And it gives ways that we can then target and identify uh, through symptoms and signs where a significant life experience is in the body and strategies for treating it. So, for instance, acute trauma, when something just happens, it comes in through the sensory organs. Somebody sees someone die or some other type of traumatic event. They hear it, they see it. It comes in through the sensory organs, which are seen as like an extension of the heart. The heart is like a lighthouse and the sensory organs are like portals. And it comes into that and then into the heart system, the heart channels, uh, which are then associated with other channels. And so we'll see it after earthquakes, uh, collective events, where people feel very restless and they have trouble sleeping, and other standard signs of rattling the spirit, uh, affecting uh, the shun, the spirit, we call it in Chinese medicine, which can be effectively treated at that time and if you treat it within those first two weeks, a car crash, something like that, you can effectively liberate it from the body. It's like if we can see someone at the very start of a cold or a flu, we can sometimes, if it hasn't really set in yet, liberate that pathogen from the body so it doesn't have the chance to set in. Most people, when they have trauma, 
they treat it and self-treat it very with the common sorts of things we use in our culture. Uh, alcohol being one of the most common. And this um, actually stirs things up. Uh, it's not a very effective treatment at all for acute trauma. Uh, people do it to relax. It's a natural depressant. But in energetic terms, it stirs up the chi. Uh, and so once after two weeks that happens, after it goes through that heart phase, that acute trauma phase, then it moves into the next level, which is associated with the spleen, pancreas, and stomach. Uh, this is the digestion phase. And by the way, this is uh, described in our inner classic of acupuncture, the Neijing, which is um, about 2,500-year-old text, which is some of our best ideas i found for acupuncture. It's a favorite uh, where I teach. And it's described in the second half of that book called the Ling Shu, uh, chapter 8, if you want to look it up. It's a fabulous chapter, my favorite one in that book. And this second phase of trauma is a multiple-step process through this process of digestion in the spleen, pancreas, and stomach, where you're thinking about an event, where you're kind of filing it internally. You're saying, yeah, that happened, and that was kind of like that other situation, and life's always this way. So people are, are kind of chewing their cud, and this is where narrative therapy, writing it down, is very healing, very effective. And so we'll see uh, common symptoms uh, here are malaise and fatigue, loose stools. We'll see this after earthquakes, where after two weeks, people are sleeping, but they feel tired. They feel exhausted and having these other symptoms besides. We can press on points, look at pulses and tongues, and with great precision say, okay, now it's here. And very treatable. At this point, we're moving more into the guts, into the abdomen. And this is where... 90% of the body's antidepressants are produced. So it can affect that level as well. Afterwards, the third step, the ultimate step, is into the kidneys and central nervous system. The kidneys are seen as part of the central nervous system in later acupuncture texts, uh, the spine and the brain. This is the level that biomedicine, conventional neurology, focuses on with trauma. This is something that takes up to 10 years to fully ripen in both human and animals. So they've seen that elephants, uh, for instance, when, a, uh, when the mother dies, the male elephants, the adolescents, 10 years later they'll go on a rampage and, and stomp a village. This has been noted by biologists. So it takes time. The brain is a very deep and slow-moving organ. Uh, it is possible to heal the brain, but it takes a longer and slower kind of approach. So I want to just make sure I've, I understand here, Roger. So you're saying that the tra traumatic event happens, mm -hmm. and then through these organ functions, like um, Heiner mm -hmm. and I have been talking about in previous shows, mm -hmm. we're not just talking about the physical heart or the physical stomach. Mm -hmm. We're talking about that and a whole set of functions. So, for example, we tend to think about digesting only food. You're saying, actually, the trauma happens. We bring it in through our sense organs. And then through these other earth organ, the stomach and the spleen and the pancreas, we actually literally digest our experience. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then that experience then goes into the nervous system. and it so Central it's nervous system. Central right, nervous system. Yeah. The deepest level, which is associated with the bones. Yes, when I throw out uh, terms that we associate with organs, they're different from 
the biomedical organs or even the Vedic medical organs. The liver in Chinese medicine is different from the, from the uh, liver in Vedic medicine in India, and it's different from the liver that uh, we study in biomedicine. So you're a neurobiologist, so your uh, <laughs> distinction here is very important, and I'd be curious to hear what, what you've come across for trauma too in this sense as well. So, yeah. so uh, by kidneys, we're associating that with the deepest level of the body, uh, energetically, and this includes the bone marrow. And when it's in this level, it's, it's a very deep level, but very treatable. For instance, we'll find that very deep brain issues, uh, uh, such as psychosis, responds to acupuncture, but in a very uh, consistent, slow, and deep way. So we can get quick results with some psychotic features, like hallucinations, we found points that work the auditory cortex just above the ear, if you needle that, great for uh, disturbing voices, for instance. You can sort of work on some of these uh, initial symptomatic layers, but then the deep, slow work of actually changing something like psychosis, that changes not just week-to-week, treatment-to-treatment, or even month-to-month, but season-to-season. And so this is a very deep, slow... uh, you're, You're running a marathon at that point. So things can heal when they've reached that deep level. But it takes uh, something that can be done in a very sustainable uh, matter of months, even years kind of way. That may involve acupuncture, but it involves other modalities, uh, other therapeutic modalities we can find, like the qigong, uh, Chinese herbs, lifestyle, dietary modifications. We have to use it all, something that a patient can engage. Great. So if you were treating somebody over long term like that, mm-hmm. how often would you actually be treating them with acupuncture? Well, in these public health settings inpatient, we were lucky. We could treat mm-hmm. patients twice a day, once a day at a good minimum. For anything acute, hospital setting, that's very helpful. In our outpatient settings, uh, private practitioners in the United States see patients on an average once a week. In China, more often than that at the start Um, There are some other practitioners seeing patients less often, but are figuring out ways of reaching the patient more regularly. The Neijing says that when we wake up in the morning, our energy is imbalanced. We have too much yang energy up above and on the left, and too much yin energy below and on the right. And we need to do something to balance that energy out. It could be walking. It could be listening to music. It could be gardening. It's a very personal thing. We find what works for each of us. But that needs to be done on a daily basis. Great. So can we talk about PTSD? I bet we have some listeners that are really interested in any kind of treatment that would be effective in treating this really epidemic situation for many of our veterans now. Can you talk about the use and effectiveness of acupuncture in treating Mm post-traumatic stress disorder? The really good news is that acupuncture is a very effective treatment, in my experience, for PTSD that we found uh, for the male veterans, points on the top of the head were very effective. For those of you who are acupuncturists out there, these are the points uh, by Hui, Governor Vessel 20, at the crown chakra, threading it forward with an inch and a half needle, and then at the anterior hairline, uh, Governor Vessel 24, threading it back. So we have two needles on the top of the head, almost touching each other. We had huge and unique effects from these points that worked better than points on the ear, the back, the abdomen, the limbs. And these are foundation protocols from scalp acupuncture, which on the Vietnam veterans 
worked uniquely well and very quickly. For the uh, female veterans or women who've been through other types of very significant PTSD, we found that the points on the head didn't seem to work. It's curious, and I don't know why that is, but we found one of our uh, most used conventional points, uh, stomach 36, Zeus on Lee, uh, on the anterior tibialis, that muscle you get with shin splints right below the knee. That needling that point uh, worked very well, even when people had reached the point of suicide, just total overwhelm. For women, this seemed to be particularly useful, and I don't know why it is. It was just in my clinical experience in and outpatient mental health that worked very well. And then our um, conventional acupuncture, just a, a deeper differential diagnosis, uh, seeing an acupuncturist consistently, doing qigong, uh, which is a type of energetic meditative exercise that a patient could do regularly their own. Anything that affects the bioenergetic anatomy, the network of channels and vessels described in our acupuncture classic, seems to be ideal for, cla for uh, trauma. We had a um, medical doctor who was a gynecologist, first in uh, Watts and then for the Marine Corps. And she discovered in both settings that she was treating significant trauma from poverty and oppression in Watts and then second uh, from military combat experience in the Marines. Um, there's very high levels of trauma now in the military, uh, both from sexual and violence. And she realized as a gynecologist, that became the main issue that she was treating with trauma. So that led her to a quest on how do I treat trauma. Her conclusions, and this is a Dr. Zumwalt, who uh, was doing some research in our library on both naturopathic texts using uh, electroacupressure from the 1920s, uh, fits in very well uh, with what I'm talking about today. And her finding is that uh, the issues are in the tissues. The trauma is stored in uh, the bioenergetic anatomy, the acupuncture network, and that she can clear, her clinical experience is that she can clear out the trauma in about 45 minutes uh, from a lifetime of accumulative uh, experience. What we find uh, is that, of course, any recent trauma is, activates and worsens childhood trauma. So there is an assessment of childhood experience, a well-known research uh, tool that's used by some clinicians for assessing how much trauma has somebody had on a relative scale in their past. They ask very specific questions, like when you were a child, did anybody um, drive you in a car who was intoxicated? And other very specific, you know, we all have our childhood traumas, but how is yours stack up on a relative scale? And they found that the NIH has found that uh, National Institute of Health this is an incredible, accurate document, a test uh, for determining future internal disease conditions and how they respond to um, other traumas. And the, what they're calling for is treatment. There's no treatment strategy or treatments for, okay, we know that trauma has an effect. What do we do about it? Dr. Zumwalt was very troubled because the only treatment used on returning marine uh, veterans are medications, particularly opiates in their strongest case, where they're basically um, turning veterans with severe cases of this into a vegetative state. And she was very alarmed and disappointed by this and says, not only does there have to be something better, there is in her experience. And 
She's trying to move things institutionally, the use of acupressure, acupuncture, things like the emotional freedom technique, which you can find online, on YouTube. Um, used to be uh, very expensive to learn that. Now you can find it free online. And on that emotional freedom technique, or EFT, they're using conventional acupoints. And they figured out a way to teach people in North America how to do their own acupressure. And I think you could use other acupoints as well. But they're using some good ones. There's no harm in it. There's no risk. It's free. And when used consistently, uh, can have some effects on trauma is what our patients are reporting to us. So, Roger, what if the patient doesn't know or doesn't remember the trauma? And in any case, you started off in the beginning of this episode saying that most people don't want to relive and and talk about, have to go through that again. Are there ways that you as the practitioner can diagnose when the tra- trauma happened for somebody and exactly where it is that really gives you a key into starting their treatment? There are some things uh, we have with the pulse that can give us some clues and ideas, and there are some people who really develop that skill to be able to do that. I haven't found it very necessary, uh, but one thing I found the advantage of doing acupuncture is that it is a uh, primarily nonverbal treatment, so that the patient can reveal what they would like, what they're able to, and then they can engage a a nonverbal response and exploration to that which is coming at it from a very different angle than most people are used to and can cover a lot of good ground. Mm. It's fantastic. I mean, it sounds like there is so much hope for people that when they haven't known that these techniques are available and really have been left to resort to self-medication to just numb down the pain or suppress the, the trauma or the the depression, the difficulty, mm-hmm. to know that there's something that not only palliates the pain, but actually can work to release it from the body. It's so... And very quickly. Very amazing. And it, it surprises us as acupuncturists. Um, I'll give you an example. There's a uh, protocol from the Ming Dynasty about the 1500s of uh, two acupoints, and they're indicated for psychic trauma of any degree, as it's translated into English. And so I was um, working in some community mental health clinics and came across that curious um, prescription. And we'll see prescriptions in acupuncture from both ancient and contemporary times for a variety of of things. And you try them out. Sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. Uh, But uh, So I tried those out in addition to the differential diagnosis and and individualized treatments I was doing with patients. And I had an amazing response. with one patient, um, I'd been treating her for several weeks for depression, several months, I'm sorry, about, oh, four or five months for uh, moderate depression. I threw in these points, um, stomach 13, uh, chihu uh, was one, just below the clavicle, and uh, the other one was kidney 6, just below the inner ankle, and just put them in as part of the treatment protocols, just to see, kind of a, a personal experiment, personal research. So she came back the next day, shook my hand warmly, and said, thank you for the treatments. Uh, I'm, I've left my heroin addict boyfriend uh, selling all my possessions. Mm. I'm going to hike the Appalachian Trail by myself. The, the very next day? The very next day. <laughs> so I'm thinking, okay, was it those points or was it something else? And then uh, that same week, uh, during that period I was using those points, uh, had another patient who was injecting amphetamines 
all over his body, every body point. And he was dying to stop. He was working with counselors. He was going to groups uh, every day. Uh, he had uh, complicated by severe mental health issues. Um, was doing everything we could think of acupuncture-wise. Doing those points, he stopped that day and never injected amphetamines again after that. So sometimes we get lucky, but the ancients had a keen understanding of uh, the human mind and returning it to its true nature. Uh, we could say it's a natural state. And we'll see with animals have this capability as well. And by using natural medicines, of which acupuncture is just one, acupressure is uh, the same. I could have done the same points uh, with any of these patients with a deep uh, acupressure, just pressing with my thumbs. I'll do that in pediatrics, for instance, uh, that we can have very good effects. And if we do that with acupuncture, we can do it with herbs, qigong, uh, other things that are based on the same anatomy. And this level of anatomy is as important as nerves, bones, muscle. It is as consistent and it matches a uh, patient's experience as any other level of anatomy. It is an essential study for any type of medicine is get to know this bioenergetic anatomy of the what we call the acupuncture channels or meridians in this culture because it is the it matches our patient's experience where they feel their pain where they have their symptoms Roger thank you so much that was a, a fabulous pleasure. summary yeah. and such an inspirational and encouraging and hopeful message for anybody out there who's a patient or treating patients at how successful these ancient techniques and this this knowledge of the human heart and and the human anatomy, the human energetic anatomy, how that can really help us to fully resolve these traumatic issues. So thanks once again. Always a pleasure. Dr. Rad Roger Batchelor, once again, is a full-time faculty member at the National College of Natural Medicine. He's been practicing as a licensed acupuncturist in Oregon since 1989. Very experienced in public health, very experienced in many, many realms of treating different um, types of disorders with acupuncture and classical Chinese medicine. If you want to learn more about classical Chinese medicine or to find out about studying it yourself, you can go to the website of the National College of Natural Medicine at ncnm.edu. To find out more about classical Chinese medicine, go to Heiner's website, classicalchinesemedicine.org. See you next week.